Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, the fast food drive-thru of podcasting. Uh, I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and today, uh, after an epic taping of Movie Freaks Pod Show last night, I'm, uh, I'm hurting a little bit, but I'm going to get through this. <laughs> we had a good time. It's a good listen, uh, and any, any movie fans out there that uh, want to hear... Two movie freaks talking horror for close to two hours. Check out our latest show that uh, my co-host is going to be uploading here in the next week or so. Uh, and you can find us on MF Pod. So, uh, good stuff. Anyway. Um, so, today's episode. Um, I am going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite horror movies. and um, And it's... It's kind of somewhat a uh, sequel, uh, but these movies are so good, and they're not, they're not old school, but they fit under the Cinema's Soft Underbelly banner in spades. Um, so, without further ado, here are, here's a uh, double pack of horror movies that are perfect for Halloween, especially the first one, and uh, just... Really, really good horror movies. And that would be Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Another one that I consider to be... Uh, maybe not overlooked, because it does have a following, but upon rewatching it, it's so much more than just a cheapy horror movie. It, it, there's so much going on in it. And obviously it's a homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's, it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre on acid. Uh, and like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it feels like a bad dream. And I, I really, really like that. I like when a movie can go beyond just being a movie and affect me in a different way other than, okay, that was a really good movie. And this was one of those movies that did that. Every time I watch it, I feel like I'm 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 waking up at three in the morning after having a nightmare. That's what House of a Thousand Corpses feels like. Uh, and in previous episodes, I've I've also talked about uh, well, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Dario Argento's Suspiria, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond, uh, and House of a Thousand Corpses falls into that category as well. Just It's like a, you're watching someone's bad dream captured on film. Um, there is uh, House of a Thousand Corpses has a checkered past, and I'm going to get into a lot of that. In fact, I could probably spend most of this episode just talking about House of a Thousand Corpses, but because Devil's Rejects... Uh, goes so well with House of a Thousand Corpses. Well, it's 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 very much its own beast. Uh, it's still in the same universe, although I, I like that he made more of a gritty, hardcore action horror movie with Devil's Rejects, where House of a Thousand Corpses is straight-up goofy nightmare material. Um, this was Rob Zombie's direct, uh, directorial debut, and like Ty West, again, I keep bringing Ty West up, but I... There's a lot of these first-time directors that just have this raw energy about them, and it's like they're they're doing everything they can and seeing what what works, and I think that's so cool. And House of a Thousand Corpses feels like that. Um, I saw this in the theater when it when it was released, and this movie 
Universal Pictures actually had the rights to the film at first, and they refused to release the film, thinking that it was going to be given an NC-17 rating by the MPAA. And uh, so Rob Zombie did have to cut it back, but they actually dumped the film, and Lionsgate picked it up. Although it was still uh, shown in R- as it's as an R-rated movie, and that's the only version that's been available. And there's that that in and of itself is a story with everybody wants to know what happened to that uncut version because I believe it was shown at one or two festivals, uh, and never to be seen of again. It's never been released anywhere else, and supposedly the film elements for the unrated version are lost from what I've been reading online. Uh, but reading on IMDb, like what was cut, what was changed around, it isn't, as far as the violence, it's not a whole lot, but you can still tell watching the movie that some of the more gruesome parts of the movie have been trimmed back, but some of the other stuff that it sounds like he changed around, uh, it's just like scenes were added, some scenes were shifted around, uh, but as it is, it is a lean, mean horror movie. It doesn't overstay its welcome. There's never a dull moment in this thing. I mean, right from the get-go, the music, the way it's filmed, uh, with the glarishly bright colors, like overlit, oversaturated feel, almost like Black Christmas, the 2006 movie Black Christmas, which I love, and I'll be getting, uh, I'm going to be dedicating most of an episode to that movie closer to Christmas. Uh, but it has this, this, and again, it, to, it totally ties into that nightmare feel. But the these oversaturated colors, uh, but the movie immediately hooks you and makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, some of the actors in the movie, uh, and I, I'm I'm working up to getting to what the movie is actually about. Uh, but a couple of the a couple of the actors. One thing I like about Rob Zombie is he tries to find. He's kind of like Quentin Tarantino. He finds I don't want to say has been actors, but old school actors, actors that he he liked. And I think that's so cool. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses have, has the legendary Sid Haig and Karen Black. Uh, he In all of his movies, he always has Sherry Moon Zombie. And she's good in limited roles. Um, I think that she's perfectly cast in House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. She is just perfect white trailer court trash in these movies. Um, in his latest movie, uh, which is, uh, Lords of Salem... I really liked that movie, but there was a little bit too much Sherry Moon Zombie in that. She was the main star. And she's, she did okay, but um, that required really serious acting chops to pull off the role in that movie, which is, it's very good. Um, and I think it just got to be a bit too much. Uh, that's just my opinion, though. It's still a good movie. Uh, and, of course, uh, Bill Mosley and Tom Towles is in this. Tom Towles was um, in... Uh, uh, Tom Savini's 1990 Night of the Living Dead remake, and uh, he's he's a he's been in tons of stuff. Great actor. Uh, so anyway, there's the and then of course this was uh, Rain Wilson from The Office. This was his I believe his first role, first feature film role, and he's he's great in the movie. Um, even in this thing here, you can just already tell that he has he has that Rain Wilson thing going on. He's kind of uh, I hate to say he's typecast, but he. He kind of, he, it's because of the way he looks, he just, he fits good into that little niche that he's carved out for himself. So, just briefly, the storyline for House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's set, you can tell, it, it seems like it's set back in the 70s, um, but there's this clan of 
murderers. I think they're cannibals, but they're this a clan of crazy people and woe be it to anybody that stumbles across this house because they're going to get killed. They're going to get killed. And there's a gas station close by where Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding, uh, the clown, he works and he sells fried chicken and gasoline and he has a haunted tour ride in his gas station, which is just so super cool. Um, and then he, you know, he's the one that kind of tries to, in a roundabout way, send them to, uh, to the Fireflies, the Firefly family's house because he's, he's tied in with them as well. So there's the storyline for the most part. Uh, I'll get into a, a little bit more of it as I go on with the discussion here. Um, but the movie starts out so great. I love, love, love the opening of this movie. And there's so many actors in this movie when, as you're watching, you're like, I recognize that person. Where's that person from? And it's just, there, there's, there are people that you recognize from previous movies back in the 70s and 80s. Um, but two guys going to hold up the gas station, Captain Spaulding's gas station, and bad, bad, bad things happen. Um, the lines in this movie, that's another thing I like about this movie. Uh, especially House of a Thousand Corpses. Even Devil's Rejects has a lot of great one-liners, but uh, that's more played serious. This is more played for nightmarish laughs, I guess. But there's so many great one-liners in this movie, especially from Captain Spaulding. He's got just the best lines. And uh, immediately it just sets the tone for the movie. Once that's out of the way, once he takes care of these these guys trying to rob him, then we're introduced to the the two couples that are in need of gas and are lost and are trying to, they're, they're on a road trip. And uh, one thing leads to another and Captain Spaulding leads them to Firefly's house. Along the way, Sherry Moon Zombie is the hitchhiker. And um, I wish that I would have her name uh, in the movie. They all have great names, of course. Um, uh, Bill Mosley's name is Otis, a uh, baby. Uh, so Sherry Moon Zombie's name is Baby. Uh, and there's, t- uh, well, yeah, there's, there's other cast and crew that I'll get to, but they pick her up. She's the hitchhiker, kind of like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and so they get there and it's the house of horrors, of course. And everybody is just like, they're either disgusting scumbags or they're oversexed fiends. Um, and the, the car, their car breaks down. And one of the guys that lives in this house is there to, you know, he, he can fix the car but yeah, right. Uh, but the house is like, it's a house of horrors. There's just, it's just out of Rob Zombie's crazy mind comes the set decoration for this house in this movie. And I, it's so great. Um, there's so much going on in the movie. There's a, like in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's a dinner scene. Everybody's around the table and they all have to wear these masks and the masks are so creepy and they're like made out of it. They're very similar to what, young Michael Myers wears in Zombies Halloween, uh, the first Halloween movie. Just gross, and something about him looks nasty. So, uh, anyway. Um, going back to the gas station, one of the highlights of the movie also is the the little haunted tour ride thing that, that Spaulding gives them. It's so cool, and I'm like, if I could get on a ride like that, it would be, it would be great. It's just so bizarro. And... Um, Captain Spaulding is telling them the story about Dr. Satan and Dr. Satan is, you know, he's, he's spawned this family and there's a legend of him and blah, 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 blah. And of course, Dr. Satan actually is a real thing in the movie and you'll, you'll see him later. Um, 
in the most nightmarish of scenes ever. Uh, so, um, some notes on uh, on the movie here. Uh, one thing I think is just, and I've just been I've been following this movie, and I've been watching this movie ever since it came out in theaters, and it's like I watch it at least once a year. Uh, I never get tired of it. It has a couple jump scares that get me every time. Um, and even again, even in its R-rated form, towards the end, it is hard to watch. And it's not necessarily overtly gory. It's just so mean-spirited and just... Ugh, something about it is just... Oh, this is tough to watch. And the music, and, and that's another thing that really helps being zombie is a musician. Um, I've been following... White Zombie and Rob Zombie ever since they started. Um, the music is so good in this. And House of a Thousand Corpses has a lot of uh, zombies tunes in it, whereas Devil's Rejects has a lot more, to fit the feel of that movie, has a lot more old-school 70s tunes, just like just like Tarantino does. And the, the score for, uh, for Devil's Rejects is it's perfect. Every song is perfectly fit in that movie. Uh, and same with same with House of a Thousand Corpses, it it fits the tone and the. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe the whole feel of the movie with the music, with the oversaturated filming and all and the the edits that he does. It's almost like a, a like an '80s MTV video on acid again. It's just so bizarre. Um, so some notes here that I have: most of the cutaway scenes. Uh, like Otis torturing, there's some cheerleaders that are kidnapped, and Otis is—he's kind of the—he's the main bad guy. Other than him, and, like it's like him and Doctor Satan, which is father-son type thing going on. Uh, but uh, Bill Mosley is so despicable in this, and even more so in Devil's Rejects. But uh, he's the main—he's the main villain th- throughout the movie, and uh, there's there's a. Uh, there's some scenes in House of a Thousand Corpses that were actually filmed in Rob Zombie's basement uh, that were filmed after the movie wrapped. And uh, he'd, I'm just reading it here, he would invite cast members over to his house on the weekends and shoot the footage himself with a 16mm handheld camera. Um, and that's the same way he created the opening credits, which the opening credits are awesome. They're so kick-ass. Um, so, and that's another thing is he uses different different shooting techniques. So it's 16 millimeter and it's 35 millimeter. I'm sure um, it, there's just a lot going on. He's he's experimenting, and I, I love that. Um, so I think that was that was really cool. Another thing, just just neat little things here. Uh, Rob Zombie, as I just mentioned, he's a musician, and his brother is the lead singer of Power Man 5000. And there's uh, it says here, there is more than one instance where you see a poster with two missing young boys. And the boys are actually uh, pictures of Rob Zombie and his brother as, as kids in real life. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, Dennis Fimple, uh, he is grandpa in the movie. And um, you've seen him too. You know, he's a, another character actor. He's been in a lot of stuff back in, back in the day. And during the filming, he was increasingly sicker and sicker with a heart disease and a few of the scenes were filmed with him sitting down uh, just because he was so sick. And he died, I believe, the year that that movie was released to theaters. He, he passed away. Um, now, this is crazy here. And, and the, not just Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but Zombie also uses the, the Manson family as a, 
as a setup for his characters in this and Devil's Rejects. Uh, so Otis and Babies, they go on these bizarre rants in the home videos. There's like home video segments to where they're 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 toying with their victims. And um, supposedly it was inspired by the Charles Manson family's their home videos with how they they taunted their their victims. And it's oh, it's creepy. And the things that they say don't make sense at all. And that makes it all the more creepy because it's just just weird babbling. Um, uh, some other crazy things here. During its box office run, the movie, in, and actually my co-host Eric Marner uh, on Mo- Movie Freaks, him and I went and saw this in the theater up in Canton, Ohio. But during its box office run, the movie encountered two instances of the number 666 at the beginning of, of its run. When it, its opening weekend was 3460 Uh, $460,666. That's creepy. And at the end of its run, when its per theater average um, ended up being $666 per theater. Creepy. Um, The movie was filmed in 2000, but it wasn't released until 2003 just because of the whole deal with Universal. And uh, it was such a... Back now, if it would come out, it's not a big deal. Uh, but back then, and back then, I mean, we're talking 14 years ago. That's not that terribly long ago, but 2000 is not 2010, 2011, 12. You know, things have changed in the movie landscape since then. And this was a very sick movie, especially for back then. So there was like, there was just a lot of controversy with that. Um, oh boy. Um, there's so much going on in this movie that's just, oh man. Um, Several characters are named directly after characters in five Marx Brothers films. Uh, there's Captain Spaulding, uh, uh, Quincy Adams, uh, then the Firefly, uh, Otis Driftwood. Um, let's see here. That's the only ones I'm going to touch on, but it's 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 yeah. There there you go. There's just another little tidbit. Uh, the house that they filmed this in was the same house that was used for the best little whorehouse in Texas, which was uh, from 1982. Um, not that that's a really good movie or anything, but eh, whatever. That's worthy of mention. Um, when Denise is lowered into Dr. Satan's lair, which that's towards the end, there's this underground cavern system that, that she's put into and it's, oh man, it's creepy. Um, there's a tape, uh, player and it's also sent down with her and it keeps repeating a slowed down version of Aleister Crowley's poem, The Poet, uh, read by himself. And, uh, the line from the poem that gets repeated over and over is bury me in a nameless grave. And if you don't know who Aleister Crowley is, uh, do a search. I'm not going to get into that, but it's, it's all about creepiness. And that is Rob zombie. Um, um, let's see here. Um, captain Spaulding's gas bar or gas station bar, fast food restaurant museum. Um, behind the uh, cash register on the wall is our reproductions of Aleister Crowley's paintings of demonic figures, which were later discovered under whitewash in the form in the former Abbey of uh, Thelema in Italy. That's another creepy, weird thing. Um, there's references to John Wayne in the movie, uh, which is which is really cool. For some reason, you just you have to see it. Um, uh, so, example. So here's I, I'm, some of the notes here. 
here's one thing where Rob Zombie has said that he was constantly shooting two versions of the gorier scenes to appease Universal. For instance, a shot at the start of the film in which the robber who was stabbed with the axe is on the floor was shot two ways, with blood and without blood. Several scenes were also shot twice involving regular lighting and red lighting to give it a more gruesome effect, both of which were edited into the final cut. Um... Several scenes were cross-cutting involved cross-cutting involving sets lit with white light and red light. Um, so anyway, um, there's I, I I could go on and on and on and on and on, um, but I'm not gonna you know there's there's so much to to say here. Uh, here's a couple more more tidbits and then I'll I'll finish up with House of a Thousand Corpses. Harrison Young is wearing an almost identical outfit to the one he wore while playing older Ryan in Saving Private Ryan. So Harrison Young is actually uh, the father of one of the cheerleaders that's kidnapped as well in this in this movie. And Harrison Young is, he's the old man that's by the grave in Saving Private Ryan. And and when you watch House of a Thousand Corpses, it's, yeah, he looks like, he's dressed like the old guy in Saving Private Ryan. So I think that's, uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, the film's script was constantly changing throughout the filming, leading to an entirely different ending at one point. Originally, Grandpa Hugo was going to be revealed as the Mad Doctor Satan. Um, but if you watch the movie, it, it is not that. So, anyway, I've rambled on way too long about House of a Thousand Corpses, but because it is one of my favorite movies, and because it is such a unique experience, it's it, you might hate this movie, but you can't say that, oh, well, that's just... Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it, it's a homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I suppose, but it is so different and out there. In fact, I would say that there's been a lot of movies that have tried to emulate Rob Zombie's movies, this and Devil's Rejects. So I like the fact that, that he tried something different. It was not just your standard, typical slasher movie or whatever, but it's just... It's, it's a horror movie on drugs. So... Um, anyway, I urge you to go on to IMDb because there are, there, there's so much more info on the movie, uh, that, that's so interesting to know about it. And I just, again, I just, I love those fresh movies that, that, um, from directors that are just, that are chomping at the bit to get into the movie scene and just do crazy stuff to make it work. And that is, that is, that's that movie in spades and devil's rejects while it is technically a better made movie i i don't enjoy it as much just because devil's rejects is so incredibly difficult to sit through uh and and that's a good thing i'm that's an actual compliment for the movie uh it it got quite good reviews and uh it did decent business it's kind of it has its cult following i think that zombie uh zombie has created his own little unique genre of movies uh they're all kind of similar uh, the halloween movies and lords of salem and and of course then these two movies and i i love that i think that man go for it keep making movies like this some of them are better than others people might hate them but there's those of us that love them and i am one of those people uh, like my previous episode i talked about at halloween 2 i've come around on that i've come around on both of his halloween movies so as of right now, he has got a, a perfect record for movie making, in my opinion. He did make an, an animated movie that I watched once, and I enjoyed for what it was, but I'm much more akin to live-action stuff with crazy stuff going on. I 
bring on bring it on so uh, devil's rejects i'm not going to spend as much time on devil's rejects because i re already spent a lot of time on house of a thousand corpses but this is more of uh you got the same cast but it's more of a road movie where uh they're on the run with and they've kidnapped some people and there's this cop uh the brother of a cop that was killed in house of a thousand corpses played by william uh, forsyth and he's great in the movie a couple other people in the movie um Ken Foray's in this, which Dawn of the Dead, he's he's the black guy in Dawn of the Dead. Jeffrey Lewis, Priscilla Barnes. Priscilla Barnes is, I think she was the blonde lady in uh, Three's Company. Uh, Danny Trejo, everybody knows who Danny Trejo is. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, a former uh, wrestler. Um, the comedian Brian Posen, I think is how you pronounce his name. Sorry if I butchered his, his last name, but you'd recognize him too. And that's just scratching the, the tip of the iceberg. There is just a ton of people in this movie that you would be like, oh, he's in this movie. Oh, he's in this movie. Um, this movie is, uh, again, the dirtier, more, more gritty version of the overly saturated House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, there are some digital effects in the movie. Uh, that that I think detract from it a little bit. I don't think that he should have gone that route, but um, but it was still it was still good. Um, it wasn't. It, There's a couple scenes where knives hitting bodies, and we're like, eh, that seemed a little bit fake. Uh, but at least it wasn't overkill like so many movies are anymore. Um, uh, I could I could spend a half hour talking about this movie, and I don't want to bore anybody to tears. So. Um, Karen Black, who was in, who she was Mama from the first one. Uh, she demanded a higher salary to, pro, to reprise her uh, role as Mother Firefly, and he couldn't afford her, so um, he replaced her with actress Leslie Easterbrook, uh, another one that you'll know who she is if you see her. She is despicable in this movie. There is a shootout in the beginning of this movie where the, the cops show up at the Firefly's house, and shoot this place all up. It's the mother of all shootouts and it is so well done. It's great. Um, just, I mean, bullets flying and dirt and, oh man. And the opening credits are great with how they do it. This is another one like Ty West's movie, uh, House of the Devil. This is one of those movies that captures perfectly uh, the 70s feel. This could if, if Zombie would have added some scratches and degraded his film stock, this could have totally been out of the 1970s, uh, other than a couple of things like, you know, like I said, the CGI gore here and there. But the way they look, oh man, it's just nasty. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, a couple other notes here. Um, this was, uh, there's a, a character named Tiny, and he's this giant, giant dude that is. I'm not sure if he's retarded, but he's he's not quite all there, and he's he helps. He's a part of the Firefly family, and so he's helping them out. And he actually passed away either during or right after this movie was completed. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, oh, the uh, there's the F word in this movie <laughs> is used uh, uh, 560 times, so. There you go. That's it's um, it's it's up there. <laughs> uh, you have to have a pretty strong stomach for this movie too, because it is. There's just no holding back on this thing. Uh, the unrated cut is, oh man, it's it's so rough. Um, but uh, 
Sid Haig, again, has great one-liners in this. Um, even more so than the first one. Um, the farmhouse uh, at Stable Ranch in, uh, in Santa uh, Clarita, California, that was used as uh, the Firefly house in the film, was also the Sawyer house uh, from Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3. Uh, so there you go. It's still tied in with with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, um, oh, let's see here. Uh, David Hess, uh, he auditioned for one of the bounty hunters. And actually, in the movie, Danny Trejo and Diamond Dallas Page are the bounty hunters that uh, that the police are sent after the Firefly outlaws. And David Hess uh, was... Uh, Krug in uh, Last House on the Left, Wes Craven's Last House on the Left, and then he kind of made himself a name for himself in subsequent movies back in the day as this despicable scumbag. Um, and so, if you're familiar at all with with his work, um, I think that he would have made a really good a really good bounty hunter. But who the, the guys that they got were were great. So. Um, uh, anyway, uh, a couple other notes here. Rosario Dawson originally had a small part as a nurse in the film, and for some reason her character was cut out of the theatrical release uh, because he didn't want to have Dr. Satan in the film at all uh, because the Dr. Satan character was so much more fantasy-oriented uh, and and just bizarro, whereas, whereas Devil's Rejects is much more grounded in reality and... Uh, it's just a sick, dirty road movie. And so the Dr. Satan character didn't really fit. But it is on the deleted scenes. And it is a really, really cool scene. And it is just gross. And it's so gory. But I see why he cut it. And that was a, a good cut. Even though the scene itself was great, it didn't work for the movie. And so it was rightly cut. Uh, I did I did like that that he went the route that he did. Um, um, that, I'm going to... I'm gonna, cut it off at that because there, there's so much stuff that I could talk about with these movies but, but um, I'm a champion of these movies I highly support them I highly support Zombie he's still making good music too I I dig his music uh, I've just I've always been a big fan of his I like the, the artwork that he does um, and his music and his movies and the guy is just he's a cool dude um, so watch the movies uh, I would suggest also if you haven't seen them, either of them, watch them. Uh, watch House of a Thousand Corpses first, and then watch Devil's Rejects because they are a sequel. That they, they are both together. Uh, Rejects is a sequel, but it's a sequel almost like. And a good example would be the Kill Bill movies, Kill Bill one and two. Um, as far as different styles of movie, Kill Bill was more of the uh, Japanese kung fu type film and kill bill 2 was more of a western it felt more like a western and uh but but for some reason they work so good together like that and that's the same way with corpses and devil's rejects is they're very different but at the same time they fall under the same umbrella and they work really really well together even if you're not a big fan of of horror uh which why are you listening to the show if you're not Thanks for listening, no matter what. No matter what, but um, just for the technical aspects of the movies, um, the way they were shot, I think that they are very, uh, very worthy of a viewing. Um, 
I just I love different styles of filmmaking, different techniques um, to tell a story, and and the way he tells these stories is so good. Uh, and there, there again, there's so much backstory on these movies. There's a great making of uh, Devil's Rejects that is I, I it's I believe almost the same amount of runtime as the movie itself, and he, they get into so much detail so many details on how the movie was made and it's so interesting and how they saved money and these movies are low budget but they don't feel it they feel much bigger than they are and again i i think that's so great um when a movie can do that is go past their budget and and work so well with what they have so if you have watched them and you didn't much care for them and haven't watched them in a long time give them a rewatch. they're they're the perfect Halloween movies, especially Corpses. Corpses fits perfectly into Halloween because it's creepy and it's just out. It's out there. So I am also going to, and I've, I've hit on almost all of Rob Zombie's movies. I am going to, at a later date, I want to talk about Lords of Salem. I want to give that another rewatch. I've watched it twice. Both, to- both times I give it four out of five stars. Um, despite the fact that I do get a bit tired of Sherry Moon Zombies acting in it, it's still a really, really good movie, and he is one of those few directors that can really capture a period of time. Uh, I think that's so great when an actor, can, when a director can do that, that he can capture the, the the late the late seventies, early eighties feel perfectly, where you think you're watching a movie from that time, and he can do that. So I I am hoping that Zombie continues to make movies. I know he's still making albums and he still tours, but man, come on, man, get on with making movies. I want to see more movies. So anyway, uh, that's going to do it for, for that double, uh, double dose of awesome. Uh, watch the movies, support the movies, support horror. Um, and if you don't support horror, that's okay. Support movies. Go out and watch movies. Uh, they're one of the true joys of uh, planet Earth. It's one of my favorite things to do is watch movies. I could watch a movie a day. In fact, I try to at least. <laughs> so make sure that you tune in to Movie Freaks, MF Pod on YouTube. Also check out our friends, uh, Cinema Sidekicks. They're on iTunes. They've got a great show. Uh, I always like to to pimp their shows because they're doing great things. I appreciate uh, my co-host Eric Marner for, for really, he's the reason I got into podcasting uh, because of Movie Freaks. He got me to co-host with him and I enjoy it so much. I wanted to do my own thing, and so here I am. Next time, uh, who knows what I'm going to talk about? It's it's always uh, it's always uh, just throw a deck of cards in the air, and whatever lands, I'll I grab a card, and what's on the title? There you go. As weird as that seems, but whatever. I'm I'm babbling now. Um, anyway, I'm Eugene Weaver. This has been another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. Thanks for listening.